This is a Socialist News and Views special report. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special report. India's Daily, the Hindu, has an article November 27th entitled, In Gaza, Israel is Waging an Invisible Environmental War. The article by Sonika Laganathan says, quote, The Gaza Strip is only 41 kilometers long, yet has faced decades of repeated bombardment. As a result, the weapons have caused a considerable amount of environmental damage, the effects of which lie beyond what the eye sees, end quote. The article discusses some of the chemicals used in these bombs and says that these chemicals, like trinitrotoluene and aluminum, soak into the soil and wash into the water. Quote, even the broken buildings, typical of all modern wars, are pollutants, end quote. It goes on and quotes Marwa Dowdy, an associate professor of international relations and the Seif Gobash chair in Arab studies at Georgetown University, is saying, quote, the destruction seen today in Gaza after one month is equivalent to four years of war in Syria, end quote. The conflict and Environment Observatory, CEOBS, a UK charity which aims to increase awareness and understanding of the environmental and derived humanitarian consequences of conflicts and military activities, is a place where you can find more information on this topic. You can review databases by countries, including Afghanistan, Libya, the Occupied Palestinian Territory, Syria, Ukraine, Yemen, and others. In their report, estimating the military's global greenhouse gas emissions, they write, quote, if the world's militaries were a country, it would have the fourth highest carbon footprint, end quote. And now we go to a speech on this often overlooked topic of war and its catastrophic effects on our natural environment. I first heard the speech at an event, Stop World War III, No Nuclear Holocaust, which was held March 4th, 2023 at Lake and Minnehaha in Minneapolis. This version of the speech has been re-recorded for the podcast primarily to limit background noise. Here's the speech. Let's talk about the environmental consequences of war. Hi, I'm Kai Tewaz. Despite the best efforts of the ruling class, humanity remains a part of nature, the living earth. We're intimately intertwined in and influential to vital global processes. We humans have an important role in this grand and infinitely complex system the role of a keystone species. This means we hold significant leverage over the system in which we inhabit. In fact, the very existence of vast and vibrant ecosystems lay in the palm of our collective hand. Many ecologists seem to think keystone isn't descriptive enough, considering the relative influence we have on the world around us compared to, say, a sea turtle or a starfish and this has earned us the title of hyper-keystone species. A hyper-keystone species is so dreadfully impactful and ubiquitous that its behaviors can determine the fate of other keystone species throughout a diverse, expansive network of ecosystems. This is to say everything we do has consequences that ripple out across this pale blue dot in ways that we can't fully quantify. Simple decisions a shift from one material to another in the manufacturing of goods, an overlooked fault in an oil pipeline or a freight car, 
a lit cigarette carelessly tossed out of a car window on a hot, dry day. We're like a bull in an antique shop, completely unaware of just how powerful and destructive we are. However, we are also incredibly fragile, suffering the ill effects of our actions just the same as any other organism. Indeed, we rely on and are indebted to our living earth and life as we know it for everything we are and everything we have. Without the material conditions of the last 200,000 years or so, meaning the climate, the air, the water, the soil, it's highly unlikely that I'd be speaking to you right now. On that note, it's also highly unlikely that seven generations from now that there will be anyone here to listen. That is, without rapid and radical change to find and sustain a way of life that ensures the protection and resilience of this world. We need a plan. Up until about 500 years ago, our communities had a relatively small impact on the grand scheme of things. This point is considered by some economists and paleontologists, as well as some historians, as the Capitalocene, the dawn of the early forms of capitalism and colonialism. Nowadays, it seems almost everything we do hurts the environment in some way. Products are designed to be friendlier to the environment, and we call it progress. Policies are made balancing the cost and benefit of erasing an ecosystem for an industrial park or to make way for a warehouse. Fines are built into the budgets of large corporations' environmentally hazardous activities as a matter of best practice and economic viability. This happens on the daily. This is the world we live in. And this probably sounds familiar to most. But tell me, which organization is the single greatest threat to the world, responsible for more destruction, pollution, and exploitation than any other institution on this tragic planet? And I'll give you a hint. It's not a corporation. It's the United States military. No one has a bigger impact than Western capitalist populations, especially the U.S., and the U.S. dominates the globe through superior firepower and terrifying indiscretion. The tools of war lead to environmental desecration in all cases, and ours are the best at what they do. And what is it that they do? Other than kill people, well, bombs and missiles crater the earth, altering the soil profile. They create water-resistant layers of compacted, burned material, altering the flow of groundwater ultimately degrading the soil. They leave behind toxic metals, mercury, depleted uranium, makes its way into the waterways, the food we eat, and the air we breathe. Depleted uranium causes ground and water pollution that leads to cancer and other significant health issues. Bombing infrastructure changes the landscape, alters the shape of the land and the ecosystems inhabiting it with effects that reach beyond the immediate area through chemical cascades and biodiversity loss. Structure fires pollute the air with pesticides, carcinogenic and mutagenic compounds, thinning the biodiversity and even affecting fertility and causing birth rates to fall, infant mortality to spike, and life expectancy to shorten. Chemical warfare destroys forests, plants, animals, microbes, all life is affected and poisons the land and water. 
loss of arable, habitable land leads to migration, which causes resource scarcity and disease for both humans and other animals and plants. Mass health problems and concentrated intensive farming lead to increased antibiotic use and soil degradation by the destruction of soil microbial life. Increased antibiotic use leads to antibiotic resistance, burdening healthcare systems and the health of regional flora and fauna. Soil degradation and land use change is a major cause of greenhouse gas emissions, accounting for roughly 17% of total greenhouse gas emissions. Healthy, protected ecosystems are crucial for biodiversity. For those unfamiliar with the concept, biodiversity matters because it affords resilience. It affords adaptability and allows life to evolve with a changing world. Biodiversity is key for natural selection. Earth is currently experiencing a mass extinction event. The implications of biodiversity loss, soil degradation, and rapid climate change are not hard to imagine. And so, this is hot war. But what about cold war? It's the same thing. But instead of the shock and awe of bombs and bullets, the carnage is delivered in the form of a mere policy change. A brief look at the history of American conflict will show how an economic sanctions regime can lead to quite the same result as a bombing campaign. But it is the citizens of the affected nation that destroy the environment in shock and desperation, under duress of the insidious and terroristic domination of foreign capital. This economic assault results in poaching, illegal logging, civil unrest, depletion of soils, and other forms of destruction through intensive agriculture and industrial deregulation. This policy change can come after an assault that leaves their nation in tatters, as we've seen in Korea and the nations of the former USSR, among others, uh, places where manufactured conflict and suffering continues by our hand. Based on the evidence available, it is clear that the Western capitalist empire, the United States, and its ruling class is the common denominator of all the world's greatest challenges. The United States has been at war since its conception, single-handedly supplies the tools of war by exporting four-fifths of the world's weapons, ensuring a constant state of global conflict whose dollar makes up three-fifths of the total foreign exchange reserve currencies, crippling the world's economic autonomy and preventing multipolarity, whose 750 military bases span 80 countries across all the continents, ensuring military dominance across the globe. The United States, who is the majority consumer and supplier of oil, the extraction and use of which is the source of 40% of global greenhouse gas emissions. The United States, whose military is the single greatest institutional consumer of oil and contributor of greenhouse gas emissions to the extent that its carbon equivalent emissions are greater than most countries, who has committed more war crimes over a span of 70 years than any other nation, not answering for a single one, and sits among former Nazi Germany or the Roman Empire in rank of its murderous volition and destructive capacity, 
who continues to perpetuate genocide and was built and thrives on war, exploitation, and slavery. The United States that pays its citizens, its workers, a wage well below the standard of living and expects them to keep doing what they're told under threat of imprisonment or death by the police or the fallout of mental health issues and addiction. So if you connect the dots, it's capitalism that is the primary driver of climate change and ecological collapse and war that is the tool used to perpetuate it. The avatar of modern capitalism, the U.S., is the champion of modern warfare, environmental crisis, and global suffering. As Americans, it's our responsibility to fight against this earth-eating machine here at home. We have to take personal responsibility if we're going to take collective responsibility for the state of our world. And we must. We need to gather, share, and organize to fight back in every way possible. And that means the integration of sacrifice, struggle, and critical thought into our blood and muscle and bone. Simply pointing out the problem is useless. We can blame all we want, but the ruling class already knows. They did this on purpose, and they don't care. Though it wasn't us who dreamed this nightmare to life, it is our job as the people to wake up, to shake the foundation of this nation through simple acts of humanity. What is it to be human? I think to be human is to be communal. To be human is to be defiant. To be human is to change the world through the power of our hands and minds. We are alive here and now in America, and though under duress and coercion, it is we who uphold the system. We who support the ruling class. We who participate in the exploitation and destruction of the world, and we who bow to the brutal. Self-preservation, hyper-individualism, prescribed isolation and addiction. They need us to be meek, divided, and obedient. So I say defy the culture of ignorance and alienation and challenge your habits and how you spend your time and energy. And so I say investigate and communicate the truth, question and criticize the media you consume and the ideology you practice. So I say expect more of yourself and expect the best for yourself so that you can give the best of yourself to your community. Recognize, defend, and organize your neighbors, co-workers, and friends. These are the characteristics of a revolutionary people. This is who we must become if we intend to survive the wrath and chaos of capitalism and climate change. There will be no true environmental justice or peace as long as capitalism reigns and the abomination of war flourishes. Capitalism will rule as long as war rages. War will rage until we exist in peace, and we can't exist in peace under capitalist rule. And so it follows. No justice, no peace. And I see no justice. So why are you being so peaceful? And that's our special report 
Thanks for listening. Solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special report.